Welcome to the sermon podcast from North Decatur United Methodist Church, where all are welcomed and included, connected with God and with one another, and sent out in service and invitation to the world. Each week we bring you the most recent sermon from me, Patrick Fallhaber, or from guest preachers. Thank you for listening and subscribing. In the beginning, scripture tells us there was nothing but chaos. Before the world began, there was darkness, shapelessness, formlessness. Before land was shaped for life to take root deep and wild waters covered every inch of creation. For our ancestors of faith, the sea was a wild place where chaos could come up upon you with jarring speed. There's a reason the old maps have monsters hidden in the corners of large bodies of water. Sometimes people would just disappear. Sometimes storms came up from nowhere. Sometimes on the water, it can easily feel like the waters themselves are working against you. I think for anyone who's ever been stuck in a boat or a large body of water, you can easily understand the kind of primordial fear that the disciples would have felt when a wild storm swelled up in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. Growing up in Rhode Island, I spent a lot of time on the water. My family had always had a house in Maine on Sebago Lake that we would share for vacations. I haven't been able to go for a long time, but so many of my best childhood memories are on that lake. I learned to sail a boat on that lake, and I, of course, learned how to write a boat after it tipped over. I learned how to paddle a canoe, and I learned the hard way why it is important to always start paddling a trip going against the wind rather than going with it because there is no hope of having the energy to paddle against the wind at the end of a trip. I learned how to fish on that lake. I learned how to swim on that lake. I learned how to dive off of rocks into the water on that lake. I also had some of my scariest moments on that lake. I learned how quickly hypothermia can set in when someone falls in through the ice. I learned how easy it is to get lost if you aren't paying attention to local landmarks. I learned how utterly powerless it can feel when an engine stalls and all you have to get home is a canoe paddle. I learned how quickly storms can come up over large bodies of water, and I learned how utterly insignificant you can feel surrounded by an awesome and loud power in a thunderstorm over a lake, when that lake already is so large that you can barely see across it on the clearest of days. And so for me, it's no wonder that these disciples were terrified. Of course they were terrified. A storm over, an op a storm over open water is really scary. It happens very quickly. The light dims, the waves swell, the wind picks up, the horizon starts to disappear. Everything that was once stable and relaxing about the sway of a boat becomes disorienting, jarring, and violent. Being on a small boat in an open water is really scary. And then, of course, you put into these kinds of stories 
and these kinds of experiences into any kind of biblical context, it can get even more nerve-wracking. First, according to the Psalms and the prophets and the wisdom literature, Leviathan, which are like large serpent-like monsters, stay hidden in the depths of the sea in places that we can't even see them. So you have these images of monsters that lie in wait below the chaos on the surface of the water. You have a creation narrative that emphasizes the chaos of open waters that needed to be contained in order for land to be formed and for life to flourish. And then you have stories about how those waters swelled up from the ground and fell heavily from the sky in order to blot out all of life on earth so that God could start again with our collective spiritual ancestor and Noah. And we have ancient stories like the one, the, the book of, of Jonah, which starts off very similarly to the passage that Stephanie just read for us a few moments ago. Jonah is a great book. Jonah was probably fictional, we think, but we don't really know that. What we have is the story. Long ago, this man named Jonah was called by God to go to a dangerous city filled with dangerous people to tell them that God is coming to punish them for their sins. Jonah was uninterested in going to that dangerous city filled with dangerous people. So he got himself packed up. He got himself ready for a trip. And then he ran in exactly the opposite direction of that city, which was Nineveh, for those of you who are curious. In order to run in the opposite direction, Jonah had to board a boat and naturally chaos ensues. And because of Jonah's unfaithfulness to his call, the once calm sea turns violent and threatens to capsize the whole boat of people, killing everyone on it. The scene is wild. All of the passengers of the boat start praying to their gods. They start throwing their luggage and their supplies and their cargo overboard. And Jonah is asleep at the back of the boat on a cushion. The crew sees Jonah asleep and they wake him up and they say, how can you possibly be sleeping? Get up, call on your God. Perhaps your God will give some thought to us so that we don't perish. Now, I hope that sounds familiar. So Jonah wakes up, he introduces himself to the crew in their panicked state as one who worships the God who created the sea and the dry land. And then he instructs that, that crew to throw him overboard, which they resist, credit to them, but they do eventually throw him overboard. And as soon as he hits the ocean, the sea calms, and all of those crew give praise to Jonah's God and our God. Of course, Jonah doesn't die in the water, but he is given new life through the water. He's swallowed up by a fish, he's vomited up on a beach, and he's instructed once again to go to the dangerous city filled with dangerous people and tell them that they need to change their ways or perish. I'm sure most of y'all probably have some familiarity with the story of Jonah. If you don't, I highly recommend reading through it. It is 
entertaining and enlightening as much as it is challenging. And it's about four pages long. But what I hope you see for the sake of the passage that Stephanie read from Mark's Gospel is that the sea is dangerous. And even more than it being dangerous, it is a place that still has chaotic echoes from those first moments of creation. And even more than it being dangerous and chaotic, the sea is a place where you are quite literally putting your life into God's hands. In order to survive a crossing, you would better have a good relationship with God. So that's the context for the disciples' fear, danger, chaos, potential divine judgment. All of that is a lot, and it makes sense that they were afraid. I honestly, I can only imagine how it must have felt to be caught up in a storm, taking on water, calling out for God's help, and then seeing Jesus lying asleep in the back of the boat. Of course they doubted Jesus's compassion, but I wonder what they expected him to do. Did they expect him to pray on their behalf, calling for safe passage? Did they expect him to grab an oar and start paddling himself? Did they expect him to get busy and grab a bucket and start heaving the water overboard? Or maybe they expected him to give some direction, which would be weird because we know that several of the disciples were fishermen before they became disciples. So I'm hesitant they, that they would have expected any kind of expertise about water travel, but they clearly wanted him to do something. Maybe they just wanted him to join in their anxiety. Maybe they just needed that company at what they assumed might be the end of their life. But instead of any of those things, we see Jesus demonstrate a kind of power and presence that no one had ever seen before. The disciples asked Jesus whether or not he even cared, and Jesus got up. He gave orders to the wind and said to the lake itself, silence, be still. And the winds and the waters obeyed him. And just like that, instantaneously, the disciples' emotional experience switches. Subtly, but essentially, from fear to awe, saying, who is this then? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Every once in a while, people ask me, why? Why are you a Christian? Um, it always seems weird to ask a pastor that, but I appreciate that people don't see me as being restrictive, which I'm not. These stories are why. I don't know about you, but I have in my life 
experience the dramatic shift from fear to awe because of Christ's particular presence with me. I've experienced Christ's stillness and storms that I've endured. I've experienced Christ's calm when I've cried out and I have felt dread give way to hope. Now, is that possible in other places? Absolutely. But for me and my sake, I have found life here in this particular tradition, in this particular story, and this particular life. And I, like the disciples, stand regularly in awe. And for that, I'm genuinely grateful. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon from North Decatur United Methodist Church. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you want to learn more about our church, you can visit us at ndumc.org.